It's Tuesday, April 9th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're talking about prescription drug prices and these guys called pharmacy benefit managers. They were in the hot seat today in Congress. We'll explain how their rebates impact millions of patients across the country. Then, Attorney General William Barr testified before Congress for the first time since he got the Mueller report. No spoilers, but we'll tell you what he said about the -the behind-the-scenes stuff. And finally, you think your taxes are a bit of a drama? Try being Meghan Markle. We're here to make your Tuesday smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Calm, the number one health app that helps you reduce your anxiety and stress, plus improve your sleep. The big story today is about prescription drugs and about how and why the price of medications has gone through the roof. Americans pay more per year for prescription drugs than any other developed country in the world, and the costs keep rising. Today, the Senate Finance Committee hauled in executives from five big companies called pharmacy benefit managers. These are companies you might have heard of, like CVS Health and OptumRx, part of United Health, the insurance company. Big drug companies and more and more members of Congress on both sides of the aisle are blaming these pharmacy benefit managers, or PBMs, for drugs being so expensive. Senator Ron Wyden of Oregon says the PBMs were supposed to help consumers get a fair shake from Big Pharma. What they actually are are middlemen who are raking in these profits while the drug prices soar into the stratosphere. Today, five of those pharmacy benefit managers said, no surprise, it's not our fault prices are so high, we're really here to help. So that's confusing. Why are these guys being blamed for high drug prices and not the prescription drug companies who make and sell the drugs? Who are these PBMs? That's what we're going to talk about today. What are PBMs? What role do they play in the high cost of prescription drugs? And how does what they do affect people in real life? So PBMs are very powerful middlemen in the healthcare industry. They got big back in 2006, when prescription drug coverage became a part of Medicare. Suddenly, a huge portion of the population had prescription coverage through their insurance. So these PBMs came in to negotiate with pharmaceutical companies on behalf of Medicare, but also for private insurance companies. Basically, insurers tell PBMs something like, find me the best deal on, let's say, insulin. And then the PBMs go to all the drug companies to see which one will give the insurer the biggest discount on insulin. Technically, they call it a rebate. The word rebate is a key point here. This is where the role of PBMs comes into play. Drug companies want to make money. So instead of actually giving a rebate, they jack up what's known as the list price, basically the sticker price. And then they offered the PBMs a rebate, aka a discount. It's like if Best Buy and Target and Costco all tripled prices on flat-screen TVs at the beginning of November, so that on Black Friday, the sales prices would look amazing. That's what's going on here, except not with TVs and headphones. It's about medicine, life-saving drugs like insulin or just meds that help with quality of life. For example, arthritis. Back in 2012, a yearly prescription of the arthritis drug Humira used to cost $19,000. Now it's twice that. So jacking up prices is an issue. We'll get more into that in just a sec. But the other problem with the PBMs is the way that they get paid. For many, their commission isn't based on the final prices that they negotiate. 
it's based on the discount that they negotiated, which means the higher the jacked up price, the bigger the discount, the more the pharmacy benefit managers make. So they have no incentive to bring the list price down. And this is a bipartisan issue. The Trump administration has proposed a way to fix this problem. Cut out the middlemen, at least when it comes to people on Medicare and some Medicaid plans. And make it so drug manufacturers give these discounts directly to the patients. Some experts say this could make things better for consumers and set a new standard for the industry. But some in the industry say it can make things worse by weakening the PBMs who say they're negotiating for consumers. Because, like we said, that's their argument. They're getting good deals for their clients, the insurance companies, and their clients, people with their insurance. But here's the catch. There's a ripple effect for everyone else, around 28 million Americans who don't have health insurance or drug coverage, and a lot of people who have high deductibles or who pay coinsurance. When they're sick, they're paying that full jacked-up list price for medicine, if they can afford to which, when it comes to life-saving medicine like insulin for diabetics, can mean a matter of life or death. So what's the skim? On a global level, the U.S. is starting to look outside for prescription drugs. Some states are looking at options that would allow them to buy cheaper drugs from places like Canada. On a national level, some of these PBMs are taking the hint and trying to set limits on how much people are paying for things like insulin. Getting these costs down is a bipartisan concern, But this is also playing out as Republicans at the state level are fighting to get the Affordable Care Act overturned. The ACA requires insurance companies to offer prescription drug coverage. If that happens, more people will be impacted by these PBMs. For the time being, Republicans in Congress and President Trump say they'll leave the ACA alone, at least until after the 2020 elections, because it's clear that access to health care is going to be a big issue for voters. On the other side of Capitol Hill today, Attorney General William Barr finally spilled some tea on the Mueller report. That's next. Stress and anxiety can make you feel exhausted all day. But when it's time to go to bed, it can feel impossible to fall asleep. Calm, the number one health app, can help. Their premium subscription includes guided meditations, relaxing sounds, and sleep stories to help you get shut-eye. Right now, Skim This listeners get 25% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com skim. Get unlimited access to all of Calm's content today at calm.com skim. Get calm and stop stressing. Attorney General William Barr was on Capitol Hill today to present his budget to a House Appropriations Subcommittee and to chat about stuff like the opioid epidemic, immigration judges, and counterintelligence. But And of course, Mr. Attorney General, we could not hold this hearing without mentioning the elephant in the room. And I'm not referring to my colleagues on the other side. That elephant Congressman Jose Serrano is talking about is special counsel Robert Mueller's 300 or so page report about Russian interference in the 2016 election and the Trump campaign. It's on Bard's desk. He sent a four page skim to congressional leaders last month. His summary Yes, Russia tried to influence the 2016 election. No, the Trump campaign did not collude with Russia. And no, President Trump did not obstruct justice. But that last one, he said, is not actually according to Mueller. It's Barr and his deputy AG, Rod Rosenstein's interpretation of the report. That's been a big bone of contention. Today was the first time Barr spoken about it to Congress since he wrote that. 
Appropriations Committee Chair Nita Lowy said his Cliff Notes did not do it for her. All we have is your four-page summary, which seems to cherry-pick from the report to draw the most favorable conclusion possible for the president. So what answers did he give today? First, Barr said he's going to release the Mueller report in the next week. So everyone can read Mueller's conclusions. But, and this is a big but, he said there are going to be redactions. He wrote this in the letter before, but he laid it out again. He's going to take out any information that came from grand juries, anything that could reveal intelligence sources or methods, information that could interfere with ongoing prosecutions, and anything that implicates the privacy of people who weren't charged in the investigation. All of that will be crossed out. Here's Barr. But I am uh, relying on my own discretion uh, to make as much public as I can. But it won't all be blacked out. Barr says he's going to color code the redaction so lawmakers will know which information we can't see is from a grand jury and which information we can't see has to do with another prosecution. Barr's working with the special counsel's office on that color coding. So that'll be a fun art project. Apparently, the attorney general and the special counsel have been hanging out for a while. Barr says that his deputies had been overseeing the special counsel, so they had an inkling about what was going to be in the report. And then, a few weeks before Mueller handed over his report, Barr says they met to talk about the report. When it came out, Barr says he asked Mueller if he wanted to read the summary letter before he sent it out, but that Mueller didn't. Other than all of that, there were no real Mueller report spoilers. Barr is scheduled to testify about the full report once it's out, which is, like we said, supposed to happen within the next week. What else is happening within the next week? You finishing your taxes. We've got a story to make you feel better about your tax burden. Up next. Tax day is less than a week away, but that's not just a headache for normal people. Even the British royals are stressed out by the IRS this year. Especially mother-to-be Meghan Markle. The retired American actress became a British duchess less than a year ago. But she's still a U.S. citizen. As a U.S. citizen, Markle has to pay U.S. taxes. And that means she has to report big bucks in foreign bank accounts. And assets over $200,000. And gifts from foreigners. Like the ones she got from the Queen for her wedding. Markle will have to declare all of that and her shared income with her husband, Prince Harry. The royals are notoriously private about their money. Now, for the first time, they could be scrutinized by the IRS. And it's not just Meghan and Harry. Their could-come-at-any-minute newborn will also have to pay. Because it will be a U.S. citizen by birth, so until Meghan's baby gives up its U.S. citizenship, a silver rattle, a pretty pony for your birthday, a trust fund, get ready to cough up those receipts. Want to make sure your taxes don't give you a headache? Check out the Skim's Guide to All Things Taxes at theskim.com slash skimmoneytaxes. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from the North Pole. Today is the North Pole Marathon. That's 26.2 miles in extreme sub-zero temperatures in one of the most remote places in the world. They're actually running on a huge sheet of floating ice, so technically on water. Not exactly our idea of a great Tuesday out, but for the last 17 years, people have traveled from all over the world just to take part. This isn't the kind of race you decide to do on a bet. 
the entry fee is over $18,000, which includes round-trip flights from Norway to the North Pole camp, a place to stay, medical support, that's important, and the chance to stand at the exact geographic North Pole. If you're still wondering how extreme the race is, here's one of the FAQs on the website. Will there be a threat from polar bears? And that's all for Skim This. Thanks for joining us tonight, and we hope you'll catch us again tomorrow. Be sure to hit subscribe if you haven't already, and it would make us so happy if you could rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, you can even subscribe to our morning newsletter, The Daily Skim, via text. Just text SKIM, S-K-I-M-M, to the number 66866. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.